Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 27, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the year by teaching the miracles of Jesus, and we went through every miracle. It took about five months. Well, guess what? We, we are many months into the parables of Jesus, and right now I'm dealing with the parable of the prodigal son. This is a very familiar parable, but we're going to break it down and go. This is part three of the prodigal son. So we did like an introduction, and in many ways, I'm still doing the introduction. So if you missed the last two messages, go check those out. The prodigal son is going to be a blessing to you. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, part 87 of the whole parables thing is 87. And the actual title for what I'm going to talk about today is Our Heavenly Father's Love. Our Heavenly Father has a love for us that's amazing. And I'm going to talk about the love of a father today, our Heavenly Father. Get ready to receive the love of God afresh. There's so many things that we can learn from the word of God. So here we're going to be dealing with parenting, with love, with relationships, with family dynamics, all of that from the word of God. We look at these parables and there's so many things that we can glean. And so uh, today I was like, yesterday when I looked at, I was like, you know, I think I could talk about three things. And then when I got up this morning, I was like, now once I started talking about the father's love, that's it. That's the only thing I'm going to talk about today is the father's love. Put in the chat, God loves me and I know it. Psalms 126 and verse four. Is the scripture we've been looking at all year. I want to look at it again today. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for us. Restore us to the form of glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So if there's any area of your life that's dried up, this is a season for the Lord to drench you again. Fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Let's take a look at the parable of the prodigal son. It is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. This is what Jesus said. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my my share of your estate. I want my inheritance now before you die. Very disrespectful. But the father agreed. And then he divided up the wealth between both boys. Like the other boys, like, man, why? wait a minute. I didn't ask for the money. Now, now, now you, why are you pulling me into this thing, right? A few days later, the younger son packed up all his stuff once he got that money and he moved away to a distant land, and he wasted all of his money on wild living. If the Bible says it was wild, it was wild. About that time, when his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. So he was like, man, I need a job. And he went over to a local farmer, and he convinced the farmer to give him a job. And the farmer sent him out into the fields to deal with pigs. That's a problem for a Jew, because Jews don't deal with pigs. Jews don't even, uh, they don't even want to be around a pig. Never. That's why the young man became so hungry that even the pig slop was looking good to him. And then the text says no one gave him anything to eat. I mean, he's out there. He spent all his money and now he's hungry. He got a job when before he had it going on. And now even the pig slop is looking good and no one gave him anything to eat. That's what you get. You want to be big, bad and bold, right? Make your own decisions. No one gave him, there was no favor on his life at all. So at that point, rock bottom, he came to himself. He said to himself at home, man, we have staff at home. We got people that we pay on payroll 
at home. And our staff members have it better than I have it right now. They, they're never hungry. They have plenty of food to eat. I'm going to go home. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'm going to say to my daddy, what am I going to say? Let me rehearse it. Father, I have sinned. Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. So please give me a job. If it's okay with you, please give me a job. And this is what happens when you delve into sin and guilt and shame and condemnation. The devil will try to get you to feel like you're not a son of God anymore. Like you're, I'm not a son. I'm not worthy and all of that. You're not a son because you're worthy. You're a son because you're born that way. You're, you're, I'm a son, not because I'm worthy. I'm a son because I was born that way. I wasn't born initially that way, but I was born again. And so I was born again into the family of God. And so I'm not a son because I'm worthy. I'm a son because I was born that way. Say amen to that. Glory to God. So he was a son, but the devil wants you to make you feel like you're not a son anymore. and you, You're not worthy of it. And, you, and the devil loves guilt and shame and condemnation. But the devil is a liar and Jesus is the Messiah. So he returned home to his father. And while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. And this father was filled with love and compassion. And the father ran. He ran to the boy. Man, I th the father's love is amazing. The father ran to the boy. And he threw, he threw his arms around him and kissed his neck. And while he was doing that, the boy was like, okay, okay, I got this. I got this thing. Let me go ahead and say what I was going to say. Daddy, I'm sorry. Daddy, I, I messed up. Daddy, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. No, Daddy, if, you, if it's okay, if it's okay with you, can I get a job? I'm hungry. I'm starving. I'm out here. I just want a job. Daddy, can you please, can you give me a job? I don't need to be a son anymore. I just want to be a servant. And the father was like, shut up. What's wrong with you? You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're a son. He said, no, no, no. He called the other servants. He said, give me the robe. Give me the ring, the family ring. Let's put that ring back on this boy. Let's get a man. He don't have no shoes on. Let's get sandals. Kill the fatted calf. Let's throw a party. My son who was dead, now he's alive. Glory to God. And he threw a party for the boy. And while he was doing that, the other son was working. And when the other son got home, the other son said, what's going on? There's a party. He hears the music. And, and what's going on? And they said, you're your brother, one of the servants says, your brother who, who was gone, he was dead. Now he's alive and he's home. And the, father, the other brother said, I'm not going into the party. I'm not, not, I'm not going. That's not even right. And, and the father comes out. He says, what's going on? He says, daddy, I'm here. I've, I've always done what you wanted me to do. I've never, I've never done anything wrong. I've been obedient. I've been a good son. I've been the good. And that, that, that joker right there, he went out there. He spent all your money with prostitutes. And now he's back and you're throwing him a party and you killed the fatter calf. And I've been working for you all these days and I've done everything for you. And I've never done anything wrong and I've always been obedient. You've never even killed a goat for me. You killed a doggone calf for that kid. I mean, what's wrong? That's messed up. You killed a calf for him. You got a party for him. You've never done anything like not even a goat for me or for my friends. And the father says, listen, son, come here. Come here. I love you. You know that everything that I have is yours anyway. Listen, listen, I know that you're a good son. And I know, I know, I know, I know you're a good son and, and I love you. And I love him too, though, but that's my boy too. I know that you, I know you're both different, but I want you to know, son, everything I have, calm down. It's already yours. There's so much we're going to learn in this parable. I got to talk about that other brother. I'm not going to talk about him today. Uh, a little bit, I'll talk about him. Let's talk about the father. Man, this parable is good. The Bible is good. I love the word of God. So what does this mean for you today? I didn't even read the parable. I just got so excited about it. I just told you about it. All right, you ready? All right. <laughs> I have a few things to share with you in this morning. Let's get into it. Number one. Ooh, that was good. Number one, the father wanted his son's love and obedience to be genuine. Okay, let's talk about parenting for a minute. The, the father wanted his son's love and obedience to be genuine. 
And this is what the Heavenly Father wants from us too. When we are children, like, you know, when you have children that are young, okay, we teach them, you're going to honor your parents. I'm your father, you're going to honor me. I'm your mother, you're going to honor me. The Bible says, honor your parents. This is the first commandment with promise, right? Honor your father and your mother. We're going to teach you how to be respectful, how to be kind. We're going to teach you how to honor us. We're going to teach you. You're going to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. When I say something, you know, you, you're going to respect what I say. You're going to be obedient. Why? Because I mean, they're a child. So when they're a child, you correct them. You teach them, you instruct them. If they do something wrong, you correct them. If they do something wrong, you punish them. If they do something wrong, you might have to spank them. The Bible says, beat him. He will not die. Right. I mean, like, like we, we, we chastise our children because we love them. That's what the Bible says. We teach them because we love them. We correct them and chastise them because we love them. Now, when they're older, the time for like timeouts and spankings and give me your phone and that, that those days are over. When they're older, you would hope that you put enough inside of them to where now they're going to love, honor, and respect you as a parent and that you would expect that they're going to submit to your covering and to your leadership and honor you as a parent and listen to your advice now, not because they have to, but because they want to, right? And so as a, as a young adult or as an adult, you parent them a little bit different. You're not spanking anybody. You're not forcing anybody. You're not doing any of that. You're, you're, you're just putting it out there and you would hope that they, that they receive it and they honor you and that they respect you. And this is exactly what happens with God. Think about it from God's perspective. God is like, hey, man, now when children are little, they're covered by us as parents. But when they get to the age of accountability, that's it. God is looking at their heart. God is not looking at us as parents saying you're responsible for what they're doing. A lot of times we as parents didn't teach them that. Like when the, when the boy was out there with prostitutes, the father's not saying that's a, that's a failure in you. I'm about to, let me help some parents real quick. Look at me for a minute. When the boy was out there with prostitutes, one son with prostitutes wasting his money, the other son being faithful at home, the, the Lord is not going to say to those parents, you guys failed as parents. No, you gave them both the same teaching. But one of them, I mean, this is just a weird, this is life. One of them is out there doing that. The, let, let me help you as a parent. Let me free you. Like you didn't teach them that. If you didn't teach them that and they're doing that, don't let the devil get you over into guilt and shame and condemnation. The father is not taking the guilt and the shame and, and the condemnation when somebody's out there doing what they're doing. The father's like, I didn't do, I didn't teach them that, but they're doing it. And that's, that's, they're doing it. And, and they're going to have to deal with the repercussions of their decisions. Just like our heavenly father wants obedience to him to be genuine. And once it, he wants it to be a matter of our heart, this father wanted, was like, okay, well, if this, I got two boys, they're different. For this, I want this boy to love me. I want this boy to want me. I want this boy to respect me. I want this boy to listen to what I'm going to say, but I want it to be an, a matter of his heart. The, so that's how it is with God. God is not going to force you to be obedient because if, if God forced you to be obedient, you are a free moral agent. You have the right you, and the autonomy to disrespect God, to curse God, and to tell God no. And if you do, God is not going to stop you. So God wants obedience to be genuine. If God forced you to be obedient, then it would not be obedience because it would not be genuine. If, if God made you worship, then your worship wouldn't be worship because it would be fake because worship is supposed to be a matter of the heart. 
And if your heart is not in it, it's not worship. So if you're in church and God is making you worship, then that's not worship. If God is making you be obedient, then that's not obedience. It, it, submission would be, if God made you submit, then that is not submission. It would be phony because it would be coerced. If God made you give a sacrifice, then it's not a sacrifice because it would be orchestrated. No, no, no. God is not going to force you to do anything. God, God wants you to want him. God wants you to be to have an act of pure and intimate worship. God wants you to submit to him because your heart is in your submission. God, And that's why God allows you to go through whatever you got to go through to get to the point where you realize there is a God and I'm not him. And, and as parents, listen, sometimes our children don't appreciate what, who we are and what we've done for them until they go through whatever they got to go through. Sometimes you got children that don't have to go through that like the other boy. But sometimes you got children that do. This is just life. This is the way it is. And, and that's how it is with God. I, 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 it's like people don't appreciate, some people don't appreciate what they have until it's gone. And unfortunately, some people have to lose it all in order to appreciate what they had. Some people have to leave in order to appreciate, man, my mom and dad, they were right. And, and so now, now they're like, oh, oh, hey mom, hey dad, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You taught me so much. I remember uh, our oldest, when our oldest was in college, he called me one day. He was like, thank you for, for, you know, he said, I can't tell you how many, how many compliments I get just by shaking people's hands and saying, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. And, and, and I'm the only one of my friends that makes their bed in the morning. And, you know, thank you for making me make my bed. Thank you for teaching me how to be respectful and kind. Thank you for teaching me how to be social, uh, how to be humble. Thank you for teaching me why. But when he was home, that joker didn't, re didn't receive it. You know, so so at least I didn't think he, he did. So as a father, listen, this father didn't try to make this boy stay. The, you have one boy that wanted to stay home. You have one boy that wanted to leave. You know what the father didn't do? The father didn't say, no, I'm going to make you stay. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't go. I'm not going to give you this money and you ain't going nowhere. No, he didn't want to make him stay. Why? Because if he tried to make him stay, then all he was going to have was a rebellious heart. Now, if you, God is not going to force you to stay. If you, if you have a relationship with God and you don't like it and, and you want to walk away from God, God is not going to stop you. Now, what God will do is he will be waiting for you when you come back. When you, you stubbornly, you want to be stubborn, hard-headed, stiff-necked, go ahead. You want to do things, go ahead. God is not going to stop you. But what God will do is he will be like the father in this passage, waiting for you when you come home. Number two, parenting is not easy because like God, we have to deal with children that are different. <laughs> so, I mean, like think about all the people that are different in the world. When the boy asked for money in a very disrespectful way, the way that he asked for money in the Jewish tradition was basically like saying, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now. The father, I'm sure the father, the, the Bible doesn't say, it, but I'm sure that there's no way that this happened without the father having countless conversations with both of his sons. He knew that they were different. And so as, as a parent, you talk to your children, you train your children, you parent your children, and you will make mistakes too as a parent. And you, you, you know, you, you're not perfect. So you're going to make mistakes in all of that. But what you don't want to do is try to force you, especially uh, uh, at a certain age, you can't force people to be with you. You can't force people to like you. You can't force people... To, to submit to you. At the end of the day, if their heart is in it, great. And if their heart is not in it, you can't control that. You just pray for them and you wait for them to come to themselves. That Listen, the father had ministered to both of his sons and he knew that they were different. And so he knew that trying to talk this boy out of it was going to be an exercise in futility. So he didn't. 
He could have refused their request, but he didn't. He gave them the money and he let them go. Two children can be raised in the same environment by the same parents, give them the same experiences, and they come out completely different. And watch this. The father did not care that he put money at risk. It did like the boy was more important to him than the money. The father didn't care that that he knew that this boy had to go through whatever he needed to go through in order to to mature. Now the other son didn't need that. The other son was fine. This is why parenting is so challenging. This is why you got to embrace the grace of God to be a parent. Two children, right? I mean, like think about it. Same environment, come out completely different. This is a reminder that our children. Here's a reminder. Put this in the chat. Our children are ultimately God's children. Our children are ultimately God's children because God doesn't have grandkids. So, so our children have, a, have to have a relationship with God directly. God, does, God is not going to just say, oh, the, you know, your children are going to go to heaven because of your faith. No, God doesn't have grand, grandkids. God only has kids. So that means that our children are ultimately God's children, and he created them the way that he created them. And sometimes, regardless of DNA, they come out completely different. The father in this parable treated his boy the way that God treats us. He loves us. He creates environments for us to thrive. But even with all of that, some reject his love. Some receive it. The, other, the older boy was like, I love my father. I mean, I'm not going nowhere. This is great. Some receive it and some reject it. That's part of parenting. But like the father in the parable, we got to pray for them and sometimes we got to wait for them to come to their senses. Number three, the father was watching and waiting. Now, the father didn't stop the boy from going on this journey, even though he knew it was a mistake, 100%. The father knew this was a mistake, but he didn't stop him. But what the father did was he just went out there every day watching and waiting for his son to come home. That's how it is with our heavenly father. I'm sure that our heavenly father, it pains him as a parent to see his children doing things that they should not be doing. It pains him, but he's not going to stop them. It pains him. You could be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, shooting up heroin. You could be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost in a hotel room with a prostitute. You could be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, doing all kinds of crazy things. And the Lord, the whole time, his heart will be broken because he loves you and he's waiting on you to come to yourself. He's not going to stop you because you're a free moral agent. He'll be telling you the whole time, come home, son. Come home, daughter. He'll be out there looking and waiting and waiting and looking and praying for you and knowing that you have to go through whatever you have to go through in order to learn whatever you want to learn. But when you come to yourself, God will be waiting on you when you come home. Every day the father went out and he was hoping and waiting and praying for his son to come home. He was waiting and every day our heavenly father is waiting for backsliders to come home. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Listen, you may be looking to me, looking at me right now, and you may hear the father say, come home, son, come home, daughter. Maybe you're not living the way that you're supposed to be living. Maybe you used to be closer to God. And when I said, Lord, do it again, you, you felt something in your spirit and you used to walk with God on a greater level. And you used to be intimate with God. In some way you stumbled across this thing on YouTube or Facebook, and you're looking at this Dominican dude talking to you. Let me tell you something. It's the love of God that's calling you home. It's the grace of God that's calling you home. It doesn't matter that you haven't been living right. The father loves you despite your actions, your faults, and your flaws and your failures don't matter. God says, come home, son. Come home, daughter. I'm going to throw my arms around you, kiss you on your neck and throw a party just for you. If you will come back home, the father will receive you with open arms. Say amen to that.
Number four, last point for today. I'm going to send you into the weekend strong. The father chose restoration over retribution. Put in the chat, restoration over retribution. When the boy came home, the father could have scolded him. Oh, now you home. Now you want to come home. Now you, you spent, what did you do? You spent all, now you just going to leave here. You're going to, no, no. The father didn't scold him at all. The father didn't punish him at all. What did he do? He restored him. He said, get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals, kill the fatted calf. Let's throw a party. I'm restoring my son. I'm covering my son. Now, the son was in guilt and shame and con- Daddy, I'm sorry. Can I get a job? Can I? He was like, shut up. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're a son. Come on home, son. The father didn't ask the boy about the money. Now, many parents would have wanted to know right up front, how much money you got left? I gave you all that money. Now you left. How much money you got left? The father didn't ask the boy about the money. Why? Because the son's soul was more important than the money. The father didn't ask the boy about his conduct. Hey, what you been doing out there? Uh, Your your brother's been saying you sleeping with prostitutes. Is that what you were doing? What you been doing out there? No, he didn't ask him. Why? Because his soul was more important than his sin. Put this in the chat. Your soul to God, your soul is more important than your sin. Your soul is more important than your sin. He didn't care about what did you do while you was out there. Tell me what you did before I'm going to let you in the house. No, no. He didn't say, go get cleaned up. I'm not going to hug you. You was out there smelling like, no, no. He didn't care. He threw his arms around him. The father did not ask the boy anything about what he did because at that point, it didn't matter. All he wanted was his son to come home. This is a picture of the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God that God extends to us. He did not ask him about, about his sin. He did not ask him about his previous conduct. He did not ask him about the money. All he wanted was his soul. And religious people don't get this. Religious people, they don't get it. When somebody wants to come to Jesus, they want to be like, oh, look at her. That dress is too high. Look at her looking like a Jezebel. Got all of that. Stop. Shut up. I mean, what are you talking about? That that don't even matter to God. Like, Like people come in, oh, why are you all up in here? Like, you know, looking like, stop. When people just want to come to God and God wants to receive them. God could care less what you look like or what you've been doing or where you've been going. Not too long ago, there was a person that came to our service at our church in Woodbridge, Virginia, and it looked like he just kind of wandered off the street uh, uh, and he was reeking of alcohol. And I went up to him and I'm not going to say his name, but I introduced myself and he introduced and I gave him a big hug and I started talking to him. And I was like, hey, man, he was reeking of alcohol. I could tell he was still kind of semi-drunk. And I was like, man, may the power of God hit you today, man, the love of God. We, I loved on him. I, I was praying for him during the service. Now, there's some people that be like, oh man, I'm not going to hug him like that. Why? Because he's smelling. What's wrong with you? That's not the love of God at all. Listen, I, I, there's a pastor I know that says that he wants his church to be filled with people coming straight from the strip club, straight from the club, straight from wherever, so that when he hugs them, he wants to go home smelling like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And so, so we want people to come from the world. How do you want people to come from the world? Religious people want to clean the fish before you catch the fish. No, which God wants you. God cares about you. God cares about your soul. He doesn't care about what you did. He cares about your soul. The other brother in the parable was upset with his father because his father chose restoration over retribution. And he wanted the other brother to get in trouble because of what he did. Let me close with this. My God, this is good. I remember when I used to preach in jail, I I was talking to somebody from my family who's close to me. And I said that, you know, I go into the jail and so many people got saved. This person got tonight, three people got saved. And this guy was selling drugs and this guy, whatever. Now they're saved. God received them. They're going to heaven, blah, blah, blah. And the person in my family said, oh, really? So they could just do whatever they want. And now they're going to go to heaven. They're going to get the same heaven that I'm getting. 
And I was like, whoa, slow down for a minute. Hold on. Hold on. What are you talking about? I mean, like, don't be judgmental like that. We don't go to heaven because of us. We go to heaven because of Jesus. Oh, so you're telling me. That, you know what, what happens is the, the older brother was upset with the father because the father was good. And, you know, religious people, you know what they do? They get upset with God because God is good. They get upset with the goodness of God. They get upset when I preach the grace life. Why? Because they want everybody to, they, they, they're so religious that they want everybody to dot every I, cross every T, do everything right. None but the righteous shall see God. You know, I'm going home on the morning train because the evening train might be too late. They say stupid stuff like that. Stop being religious. The father welcomed him home. And that's what he will do for me. And that's what he will do for you. That's enough. That's enough. I'll close right there. I'm talking about the father's love. Say, God loves me. And I know it. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. This is, this is a message you might need to listen to again and share with other people. All right, say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I acknowledge that true obedience to you is genuine and it cannot be forced. So I desire to honor you with my heart, not out of obligation, but out of appreciation. I do embrace the grace to be a parent. I understand that every child is unique and you guide me concerning how to parent my children. I'm grateful that you're always watching and waiting over us. Your love is patient, is kind, is hopeful, and is never ending. I celebrate your heart of restoration. You prioritize our souls over our sin, our hearts over our histories. So I reject a judgmental spirit. I embrace your grace. I look at people the way that you do. I am a recipient of your goodness, and I want to be a conduit of your goodness too. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Monday, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. You get my notes for free. Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, Isabella and I are going to the Dominican Republic tomorrow. We're going to pre be at our church on Sunday uh, there. I'm preaching on Sunday. And then we're going to uh, see our students uh, all next week. So I'll be posting pictures on social media. If you want to partner with us and support what we're doing, Go to ripministries.org, click on donate. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then please share this message. This is something people need to hear. It's the love of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God that causes people to repent. Stop being religious. Let's be like God. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, 
the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.